Hello and welcome to episode 336 of the Rollo and Slappy Show. Today is December 19th, 2022. I am Rollo McFlugel and with me is Slappy Jones. Show notes page for this episode will be mcflugel.com slash 336. This will be our last episode before Christmas. That's right. Um, I know, Slappy, you hate Christmas, as you said, right. before Thanksgiving. So... I know this is going to be a, a, a triggering time of the year for you, but I like Christmas. Tough one for me. Yeah. No, I like Christmas. I relative to Thanksgiving, however. Okay. Well, I have more days off for Christmas. I'm taking this year, so that that makes it better holiday. Yeah, I have a couple of days off this year, which is nice. I don't think I took any yep. last year. I can't can't remember. Um, but our since the comes on the weekend company gives us off the friday and the monday and then i took a couple days around there so have a nice little little break nice i'll have like 10 or 11 days off in a row yeah nice yeah i took off today too so i'll have a three-day week this week good for you i have off tomorrow so i'll have off friday i have off tomorrow I'll but off my fri- wife and my daughter are t- are going to the ballet so i'll be nice. i'll be hanging with the boys there you go. Um, so I'll have off Friday, and then won't go back into work uh, the two, first Tuesday of the new year. There you go. This is what happens when you save up all your vacation at the end of the year, and you go, holy crap, I need to like use this or lose yeah. it. Yeah. So I haven't had a full week of work since Thanksgiving. That's nice. Yep. Very nice. I, yeah. I got a whole lot of days for next year because my company gives us all this paternity leave that I didn't take, but you ha- like you're supposed to use it within a year. So I can use it one week uh-huh. at a time. Um, so that goes on top of my vacation days. So I could really, really milk the system next year. Do it. And uh, I may. I just might. Do you know who's not taking days off? Although maybe quarters or halves. Who? Crispin? What? No. <laughs> <laughs> the Philadelphia Eagles who had yet another another victory this weekend, hey. despite having a, a little bit of a rough. When you lose a turnover game, start. it's hard to win. When you turn the ball over, well, they turn over three times. It's hard hard uh, to win. Yes, yeah. Um, I didn't see most of the game. I saw the fourth quarter. Yeah, I saw a good bit of it. But uh, hey. Wacky, wacky and wild weekend in the NFL. Sure was. Uh, I did game, watch that. The, uh, the, the, what's it called? The New England game. <laughs> I mean, I thought uh, Dallas was about to kick a field goal, then they throw a pick six, which was great. And and the New England was, game just made no sense at all. Yeah. Um, if you ever do something bad, like if I ever really, really mess up with my job, and I feel real bad about myself. I'm just gonna go watch that clip yeah. of the Patriots game of Jacoby Myers inexplicably just not knowing the situation. I, I don't know having no. I don't know what he was thinking there. I guess you know, like the fir- the first pitch is probably reasonable. It's the end of the game. We'll try, but once you keep, what are you doing? 
Another, another. Just throwing it in the middle, just just right to the to the right or the Stevenson or something. Yeah. Well, whoever it was on the wrong team. Whatever was on the Raiders, it was just right to him. And the only other guy there near him was Mac Jones, who got trucked. Yes, um, um, pretty bad. And then that didn't even talk yeah. about the comebacks all, all over the NFL this weekend with Minnesota uh, down thirty three, coming back and winning. And uh, yeah, that that was a that was an interesting one for me because I was rooting against Minnesota. Yeah, and then once they're down by a thousand points, I'm like, well, I kind of want to see them come back and win now. Right. So, well, it was a bittersweet. Yeah, pretty pretty incredible though. And and then you had Tampa Bay, Tom terrific blow a seventeen. Oh yeah, and lose significantly. Um. But that would that that Jacksonville over Dallas win was big for the Birds, mm-hmm. who can now clinch if they beat the Cowboys this week. So, clinch home field. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's so funny. It you know what? It's it's nice because in Philadelphia we always have the quarterback controversies. It seems and the and for the Flyers the goalie controversies, and it's just nice to like be settled in. With our guys, and then to see all—if you go on Twitter, there are just constantly people saying that like they want Cooper Rush in a quarterback over Dak Prescott, and everyone's freaking out. And oh, Cooper Rush, blah 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 blah. And it's like, it's just funny. I just like seeing turmoil, turmoil in Dallas because. I mean, I don't know what you think, but like Dak Prescott is like a <laughs> he's he's the starting quarterback for the Cowboys, yeah. and Cooper Rush is the backup. Well, they always say I, I don't. There's only a couple teams where the backup's not more popular, so you know. Yeah, it's good, good to be and, on a team I mean, where that's not the case, or not on a team, but root for a team. Yeah, I mean Minshew. I mean, everyone loves him. Sure. Because he's he's the man, but like, I think there's many Eagles fans saying he should be playing quarterback (laughs) over Hurts. Yeah, Uh, it's fun stuff. It's fun stuff. It's uh, that's why sports are kind are are cool. And you know, it's the any given Sunday. You know, you never know what's going to happen. There are some you know bad teams beating good teams, thirty three point or however many points it was comebacks Mm -hmm. and just inexplicable endings of games. It's just exciting. I mean, you never know what's going to happen other than the Eagles just winning, getting another win. Seems to be in the bag every week, except for that, that one where, you know, they didn't want to put too much pressure on themselves running the table the whole season. In that one, they played so poorly defensively. The Redskins or the commanders had the ball the whole game. And they still had opportunities to win at the end. Uh, some some bad fitting. Yeah, two fumbles by receivers. Yeah, at the end of the one game was trying to make a play. He dove. Was that Quez? I can't remember who that was, but he yeah, dove for the. Quez cut a long pass and got up to run, and the ball popped out when he got hit. And you know, if he yeah. stays down and and yeah, and not that yeah, you catch the ball, you get up and run, of course. But uh, yeah, things went the way they went. They lost the game. It's it's it was you know. But what I liked about that, because it's like, well, to, to put a feather, it's funny. I was 
the biggest, not the biggest. I wasn't anti-Hertz. I just didn't think he was going to be, you know, a, a MVP candidate. Right. But, I mean, even that game where they lost, he was driving them down the field at the end of the mm-hmm. game. <laughs> mm-hmm. He was he was doing his part. So, dude's a game. He had a, he had a tough start this week through two picks early. It wasn't getting many completions, but he just kept grinding at it and ended up having a pretty good game and leading him to a victory. So, um, the, the dude, the dude's a gamer and and he's a winner. Yeah, and hopefully it continues. The NFL's it's a tough league, uh, no easy weeks. Yeah. So that's well, that's what's pretty incredible about their run so far is that they've managed to. I mean, there's been a few games where they played poorly, and they've still won. You know, the the Colts game, this game, this past week. Mm-hmm. Although the defense played pretty well this week, um, but uh, yeah, it's fun. It's fun to see. It is fun to see, and the Flyers continue continue to move closer and closer to the Stanley Cup this year. So. Uh, good work by them. Um, I mean, they beat the Devils. They did, and uh, all I hear about is... And then they, they scored the first goal, the next goal in the Rangers game. Yeah. Uh, so I consider that a streak. Sure. You know, <laughs> they definitely have had a few streaks this year. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> They're so bad. <laughs> yeah, it is, it is uh, pretty, pretty bad. Uh, in Flyer but they're a young team, and you know they're still missing a couple key. Tell you pieces. what, I think it was the Jersey game last week. Uh, your your boy Carter Hart played out of his mind. That was a fantastic game. That was incredible. Just like incredible as far as entertainment out it goes. Just one heck of a game. That that was a lot of fun to watch. And yeah, Carter Hart was uh, was outstanding. Yeah. I mean, they've got a lot of good. They've got some some young players, and it's it reminds me of that before they had the uh, the cup run in like 2010, where they they had a lot of young players, and it was like a year before they were kind of like ready to be impact players. And I feel kind of the same vibes here. Is it's like you know, it's it's not like they're giving up or not or not trying. It's just, just they're not good. Bad. We're not good enough, but like the the raw talents there. So um, we shall see. Time will tell. So may, maybe the Stanley Cup will be next year. Maybe they. I'm not rolling out. No, no, right. not at all. I don't know how you could or why you would. But just based on the fact that they have young young guys, you never know. They might yeah. miss the playoffs. I don't know. Yep. Yep. Yeah, it would be nice to like get a break with. Uh, with draft picks, if they do end up, you know, being real bad, that they, <laughs> if they end up that way, yeah, yeah, that, that they like should get the number one pick, and then they lose the lottery, and they ended up draft, or they draft a guy like Nolan Patrick instead of <sighs> instead of a uh, McCarr. Was that that draft year? Uh, Cal McCarr. I don't remember. Who's like just an absolute? Uh, I never followed on the Avalanche, and Nolan Patrick was just a total bust. But all right, happens. Yeah. You know yeah. what are you gonna yeah. do? Like, what can you do with it? 
We'll we'll give someone else the cup this year, potentially, if we feel like it. Because we're just going to run the table for the next five years, probably. Just, you know. Probably. Going to look at the Oilers and the uh, Oilers of the 80s and the Canadians of the 70s combined. Yeah. So. All right. We have an episode this week. Um, I... I don't. We, I think we criticized him a lot in some episodes recently. Uh, I stumbled upon, yeah, the Brit, and uh, I stumbled upon an episode um, he did recently with what's this dude's name? Barack. Barack Obama. Uh, Mike Brock. Mike Brock. Uh, How'd you stumble on this, and why did you stumble on it? It's on Twitter. It showed up on my Twitter feed. And you decided to listen because then you made me listen. I know. And I listened to the first 15 minutes and stopped it and started doing other stuff because I kept writing stuff down so I wouldn't forget what he was saying. And then for a long time, I seriously considered just not listening to any more of it. But I felt bad that I was going to make you listen to the whole thing. And then we we're going to get on, record the episode and be like, yeah, I actually didn't listen to anything more than <laughs> so like I still, an eighth of it. I'm going to confess, I still have 12 minutes left in the episode. A lot of the uh, stuff in the second half wasn't. He was talking about. Relevant. Right, exactly. That we're not, we're going to talk about today. But uh, yeah. yeah. But yeah, Mike Brock, he works at uh, the Block. TBD and, and Block, um, yeah, I guess. Yeah, so basically Square. I don't know what his actual role is, but he came on what the What Bitcoin Did podcast, hosted by Peter McCormick, and I hate to give this guy any, any airtime. Air that is Peter McCormick, because the dude's, to use a British term, he's a scoundrel. Scallywag. Um, yeah, he's... You know, he, he he promotes really bad products and services, utter scams. Um, his ad reads are so slimy, and, and he's promoting a lot of just terrible products. Do your own research. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the whole uh, BlockFi thing. Where, oh, yeah, you should absolutely get into this. It's after it blew up. So um, just – and then his whole stick of – Acting confused about ideas that you know he knows. Well, that like, could be also. Look, he's doing he, a show, right? You got to have conversation. No, I'm fine with that. But so like, you can't it, just it, be like, like yeah, yeah, it makes years sense. Years ago, cool. with, with the whole Bcash thing, where he was just so obtuse about, like, I don't know, I need to have fifteen thousand more big Bcash guys on the show to talk about because I don't know that I've made my mind up yet. Um, that was, that was garbage. Yeah. And it's just, I don't know. I just, I don't like the guy. But he had this Mike Brock guy on and the episode was called The Reformed Libertarian with Mike Brock. And on their Twitter announcement, it says, we discuss libertarianism being an incomplete view, social rights protecting economic rights, the importance of liberty. Uh, liberal democracy and Bitcoin changing central banks incentives. And like, whenever I see this kind of thing, like it's usually about things that we are 
someone's like, oh, I'm going to come in and, and just really, you know, blow the, lo- the, the top off something that we are, whether it's Catholicism or libertarianism or Bitcoin stuff. Mm-hmm. It's just, I roll my eyes because you know what's coming. You know it's going to be stupid. You know it's going to be just like totally misinformed and just, you know, teeth grindingly annoying. Mm-hmm. But they're still going to go out and do it anyway. And the real kicker that got me was the tweet underneath it was a quote, kind of like their the tag for the beginning of the episode. And Mike Brock said, quote, it's just impossible for me to believe that there's this set of perfect rules that if you follow them, you will achieve this moral maxima and we will get closer to utopia. Which I believe is the promise of libertarian. Like if you read Rothbard, that's what he says. Follow oh, rules total and utopian. you will be, you will see utopia. Total utopian. So I was like, all right, now, well, now I have to listen to the episode. And I ended up tagging a sarcast in that thread too, just to try to break Twitter because if he, he get decides to listen. What's that? Did he uh, get involved at all? I didn't see yet. I, did, I don't think so. But if he ends up entering the, uh, entering the space, um, it, it, it might break Twitter a little bit yeah. again. But um, it just this just stuff kind of grinds my gears because it's, and I don't want to like give it all away before we go. But it's all just the same stupid idiotic arguments that we've heard for from a person who just clearly doesn't understand any of the arguments, and just straw mans and just is a really arrogant annoyingly stupid person now i'm sure what he does in his job at the block like he's competent in it i'll give him the benefit of the doubt there that you know what his expertise in in the field of whatever he's doing he's he's good at it that's fine i'm not trying to attack him or call him stupid for that kind of stuff but as far as his understanding of libertarianism goes lacking it's idiotic it's idiotic and i don't really feel the need to take you know to put the kid gloves on with this kind of stuff because we're all adults and if you're going to go on a, lo- a major podcast and tell people that you know the mo- most moral way to construct a society is actually bad and stupid and the thing that has murdered hundreds of millions of people the state is actually the good thing that we should be going for i i'm not going to take too kindly to that and and especially when you don't have good reasons for it, and you're just gonna, you know. So, yeah, it's idiotic, it's stupid, and you should stay in your freaking lane. If you don't understand something very well, don't comment on it like you're an expert. Mm-hmm. Like we said this before about us, is that I don't think we ever get, we don't draw much flack from people from being like, wow, you guys talked about something that you had no idea what you were talking about. Like, we're, we don't act like we're experts on stuff that we're not experts in. Like, how hard... Like, And I'm not trying to, like, say, oh, we're so wonderful for that. No. I don't know what else anyone would expect to act. Like, you know? I don't know, man. I don't understand. People get, like... Especially people who are... I'm, I'm assuming he's successful. I don't know. I don't know. 
you know, I imagine he's a smart guy. Like you said, good at what he does. But then you feel like you have to comment on everything or people ask you questions. It's so rare to hear anyone interviewed and be like, ah, I don't really know. Yeah. But this guy claims Actually, to be a former libertarian. He called he called himself a post-libertarian, which is funny. That's great. Um, I love that. <laughs> but I I love that so much. That was the one thing that like he said that I was happy about. Yeah. Uh, so that was funny. Uh, but you know what's funny though? It, just not to cut you off on on what you're saying, but like you know who's someone that actually does admit that they don't know about something. It's not their not their wheelhouse. Who? Stefan Kinsella. Yeah, and he's really smart. And he does say, I don't he's know. He's really that. smart. And like everyone hates him because they, and everyone's like, oh, you're so arrogant and cocky. But he's only arrogant and cocky about things that are in his wheelhouse. And he knows and, he's right. Right. And he deserves to be arrogant and cocky Especially about that kind of stuff. Especially when people are bringing up stupid, like constantly. Uh, could, could you imagine being against IP? And being the the guy against IP and having the same tired arguments from people like <laughs> the guy we're going to talk about, uh, but just like the constant norm, quote normie. And even if they're just trying to learn all the gotcha questions and it's like, he's like, I've been doing this since the 80s. You think I haven't heard that you're like some guy, you're like some undergrad mm-hmm. or like recent, you're, you're like a, you know, I don't know, uh, sociology major who just graduated and works at Starbucks and you're going to tell me about what I've been doing since the eighties, like have some respect. You're what's, what's that line? You're a, uh, I'm a heavyweight, I'm a heavyweight. That's right. But seriously, yeah. like I, I don't blame him for being that way because it's got to be extremely frustrating. It's not like he doesn't put stuff out there. Like before you run your mouth, go read about him. Right. It's you know you, you you might be able to you might say that oh I don't like I don't like that he can be a little bit aggressive and over the top okay but like okay you don't like the way that he approaches people that say dumb stuff but like that's no criticism of his knowledge or whether he's right or not right so all right let's get into because I wrote. A pay like this is the first time I wrote notes for an episode because I, mm. I went and listened mm-hmm. to this episode and I was writing stuff down because I knew I was not going to remember everything that was going on, especially because they just came right out of the bat and said just some insane stuff. Um, so the first thing that I wrote, and this I actually had a tweet on this. So Mike Brock said that. Murray Rothbard was the one that discovered natural law. I, I, he discovered it. He just made it up. He just said, like, nobody ever found where this is written. It's like, it's, oh, it's just, it's like, you know, we've been, have philosophers for like thousands of years, and Murray Rothbard was just the first one to come up with natural law. He just made it up. It's like, oh, it, like, it's, you it was immediately like, lose Thaddeus your credibility Russell. right there. And it's like the Thaddeus. Thaddeus Russell, like, well, where's natural law? Is it written on a leaf yeah. or something? Like, how do we figure this out? It's like, that's just that's just not an intelligent criticism of well, it. Well, I I also like that Mike Mike Brock in his Twitter um, like bio says I like philosophy, which that doesn't mean you can't like philosophy because you think that Mary Rothbard invented or discovered natural law, but you're not you don't know as much philosophy as you think you do. 
Or maybe he just likes it, and, and maybe he would. I doubt this would be the case, but if we were like, hey, uh, Mike, do you know a lot about philosophy? No, but I like it. I doubt he would say that. Right. It would be like if I put in my profile, I like football, and I was talking about the Eagles, and, you know, an NFL player stumbled upon my thing, and he's like, oh, that's cute that you like football, and you talk about it. You know? Yeah. <laughs> well, if you were like, I like football, and that's why, um, and and you were you were speaking with authority, uh, or and and you said, and that's why I think the Phillies are going to win the Super Bowl. You'd be like, well, right? <laughs> I mean, you might like football. That's like, well, Andy Reid invented the West Coast offense. <laughs> yeah, and Andy Reid, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. That's basically what it was. Yeah. Pretty much. Like, <laughs> uh, it's br- like that right there. It's like you're just not equipped to be the guy who's going to provide the critique for libertarianism. If you say that, if you say that Murray Rothbard was the one that came up, discovered, even, invented, whatever you want to say, natural law. Like You could have criticized nat- natural law somehow. You know, you could have just left that part out. You obviously made it up because it's not true. Well, why did you say it? Right. Oh, I was just a throwaway line or so. Oh, I was just yeah, saying you that. You said a, Mary you know, Rothbard punk. discovered okay. natural law. That's bizarre. That's a weird thing to say. It's not even. It's not even like the same time period, but someone else did it, and they're very similar. And he he slipped that way. Like you're off by like thousands of years. Yeah, it's just it's silliness. Um, that's the other thing too that like he when he was kind of it's funny because the people that always criticize libertarianism they always go after Rothbard as if like he's the only person that's ever existed in libertarianism. And I get it; he's he's extremely important for libertarianism, but they only go after it's between. It's funny the post libertarians. Whether you're a Mike Brock post-libertarian or the other post-libertarians that we've been complaining about recently, which I think is the funniest thing in the world. He can't because he comes – this guy, Mike Brock, is coming from more of like a left, for lack of a better term, I guess, Mm -hmm. perspective. Well, he called himself – And he calls himself a post-libertarian. I think he said – and I I remember this term. I haven't heard it in a while, so maybe he's right about that. But he he said something about there was like a weird period where the libertarians were getting all right-wing and we were bleeding-heart libertarians. Yes. Um, And I remember the bleeding-heart libertarians. That uh, I don't know if they still go by that or what that is, or but I just I remember it used to be a thing. Right. So I'm just gonna call all the anyone who calls himself a post libertarian. I'm just gonna call them a bleeding heart libertarian. <laughs> yeah, that'll, that'll be good. Um, no, but like both sides of it, they always take Rothbard, and they always take like the early '90s Rothbard when he tried to do the uh, kind of the right wing, yeah infiltration and that is that is just what Rothbard is like this is what how they paint Rothbard it's the only thing about Rothbard they'll ever talk about the only timeline of Rothbard's existence that they'll acknowledge and both sides just totally mess up 
their interpretation of what Rothbard was saying. They're acting both sides. They both never whether it's it. right. Both sides, whether it's like the Mike Brock post libertarians or whatever the stupid nonsense, you know, uh, Republican post libertarians are now, like they totally butcher their interpretation of what Rothbard was doing with that stuff. So, like the the and I wrote an article a couple years ago, probably more than a couple years ago now. Yeah about the unleash the cops and it's everyone's like oh this is him justifying government and whether it's they're saying that that's a good thing or a bad thing it's like no he's not justifying government like he says very you know specifically like unleash the cops but they must adhere to libertarian you know property rights it's more like if you're violating property rights the cops should be able to deal with you you know instantly and it's like, okay, that must that's have been fine. That's so fine. you're talking about 90s. So that's well after he invented natural law, right? Right, yeah. right. I think he invented natural law. Uh, Probably in the 80s. Yeah, like 1985. Yeah, ish. Or 1986-ish. or something. Yeah. Right, right, right. So it's just... It's just frustrating. So... Uh, Mike Brock decides he's going to, you know, he's going to steel man the anarcho-capitalism libertarianism position. And so he's going to do a thought experiment for us. And the thought experiment is Bob goes out and buys an island. And everything's only up and up. You know, it was he bought it freely. No one else had a better claim to it and everything. But he buys this island. And this island is apparently pretty cool and everything, but he's like, yeah, I'm lonely here. I, I want other people to come to my island. So he starts advertising for people to come live on his island. And a bunch of people come and live on his island. And they start creating businesses and neighborhoods and, you know, they, they have their society and everything and everything's going well. It's a private property society. Mm-hmm. But then Bob dies. And of course, his son, whose name is Peter, takes over for him and like every stupid movie trope that there is is that the son that takes over the business from the nice old guy is just a you know petty tyrant yep and peter comes in and he's like well you know he's almost as mike brock said almost totalitarian in how he handles stuff and just all these terrible rules and everything and and, you know, it gets to the point where there's, you know, there's a kid in a neighborhood and he breaks a window somewhere and and the tyrant Peter says, you have to get, you have, you have to leave the island as punishment. And you've got, you and your family have like two hours to leave. And if you don't, I'm just going to throw you into the ocean. And I hope you can swim to the and next this would all be in the contract that the parents signed. Like, yeah, like in the contract that they signed. Did he even mention he contracts? Did. He did at one point. Oh, I remember him saying, well, he didn't in his lead up, but then at the end when he was talking about it, he was like, this is all a contractual arrangement. The parents signed contracts. Yeah, I'm sure the parents would have signed the contract that said if a kid breaks a window, then he gets thrown, thrown in the, the ocean. ocean and has to swim to an island. here. Sure thing. And, you know, yeah, yeah, go ahead. The, the original arrangement with the nice guy, Bob, 
all it's going to be like, well, part of the contract stipulates when I die and I leave it to my son, he's going to turn into a dictator. And so whatever he just arbitrarily decides, you know, it's, his it's going to be. That's what you're going to have to go by. And they're just like, sure. And all the people are like, everyone would be like, well, you signed the contract. Right. That's the fair is fair. I mean, I mean it's a contract. I mean, this is, this so. is anarcho capitalism, so. So he creates this very specific and stupid and just outside of any realm of possibility scenario. It's literally like the scenario when you're first getting into libertarianism. And it makes you think when you're first like learning it, but like some other high school guy came up with it or something. Right. And he's able to say, oh, well... This has a bad outcome. So therefore, all of libertarianism and anarcho-capitalism is ba- well, not all of because he he does say he does like, give oh, some credit to yeah. He's not like he's not <laughs> he's he's not a hundred percent terrible. Yeah, but so we'll say this criticism against is against anarchism. So like he creates a scenario that, that just like could never. It, it's funny we're like the ones that's that are accused to be of, of coming up with ideas that could never come to fruition. But he, he creates this scenario where Bob buys an island Invites people that can fit a hundred thousand people <laughs> and gets them on there. And then, <laughs> and then throws them off into the ocean. Yeah. Throws them into the ocean and tells them to swim to the next island. If they, if their kid breaks a window and we're the unrealistic yeah. ones, but he comes up with this stupid scenario and then says, well, that's the proof. That's the proof that it's wrong. It's like, have you ever, like, and he talks about Rothbard. Well, have you ever read Rothbard talk about Robinson Crusoe and that kind of stuff and, like, more reasonable ways to kind of think about how a, a stateless society would emerge? Obviously not. Obviously, this guy's not well read because in my little. Well, the funny thing about it, too, I I just I got to step back one one step because it was in the beginning when he called it when he started talking about him being a post libertarian. And I this drives me insane. It makes me crazy whenever people say stuff like, yeah, I used to be a libertarian. And then I realized the world's complex and there's not simple answers as if there's ever been a simple answer to any of. Like, you know, libertarians just go, no government, done. Now, maybe that's the people we hung around with. He clearly doesn't know what he's talking about. Like, he didn't read Rothbard. No matter what he says, he heard conversations from other people who read. He obviously hasn't read it. There's no chance he read it or he read it and didn't understand it. Because if you think that it's just Mises is uh, human action, is just a book of simple answers. You just open it up and it says, no government. Case closed. Like, if that's what you thought, then you didn't understand what you thought you knew. I hate when people are so condescending. Like, I used to be a libertarian, and then I realized things are complex. Oh, okay. You thought it was simple before that? It's complex, so we'll just have a government take care. Have what I want to say go. Because that's how I describe democracy is what I want. Democracy means whatever I want. Right, and even though the, the entire history of the world points to governments doing all sorts of really terrible yeah, things... Yeah, but we're making I'm progress. Didn't you hear that most people are against the Iraq war? Yeah, screw those right. Iraqis. Who cares about them? We're against it 20 years later. Get out of here. 
I can't take. I, I'm, uh, I'm trying not to lose my temper and be sarcastic. I really am. But well, here's the it's thing: just it, so it's just so bad. Like, it frustrates me. The, the kind I don't of think the he's smugness. He's not going to listen to this. He he he's so smug and condescending about it that it, it just it, the arrogance annoys me. Well, that's the thing. I don't care about what he thinks about what we say here because this episode is not for him. If we wanted to engage him and like make a a a, a, a calmer case against whatever he's saying, we could do sure. that. But, but why? Why? why should I, I'm, not, I'm not here because he's not going to change his mind. Like he's already shown that he doesn't care about any sort of facts or logic or anything else or understanding what the claims of actual libertarians are. So I don't care what he thinks about what we're saying. Right. I don't care about the people that go around. Oh wow, what, this guy's so smart who this episode is for is for fellow libertarians. We're preaching the choir yes. here that, that when they hear someone so confidently critique libertarianism and all these other people go, wow, what a great episode. This is so good. Blah, 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 that you're going to be like, holy cow, am I missing something? No, you're not missing well, something. By the way, people are freaking clowns. If I can say, if I can give credit to Peter McCormick, where I think he's good and I like him, is he'll say like, he'll say, I hear, I have libertarians on my show and they make great points and I agree with, but I just, I'm not there. Okay. And he even said, I can't articulate it. Maybe you do a better job or a million times better job than I could or something like that. Like, at least he had some humility there. He doesn't right. pretend that he knows and has the and he doesn't say libertarians are wrong. He says I can't fully agree, but everything they say makes sense. You know what I mean? Like he's not so mm-hmm. arrogant and condescending about it, even though he says he doesn't totally agree. He's not being a jerk. Right. But the other thing that drives me crazy is that when like a guy like this goes on and starts saying all sorts of insanely stupid things about whatever. And then when when the people who actually understand what's going on like freak out a little bit and be like, "Wow, this guy's an idiot," and this is all stupid. Oh, looks like all the li- looks like I got yeah, the returns. I triggered them. Yeah, you said something stupid, and we replied. Right. And it's funny. It's like we have actual like reasons why the stuff he says is stupid, but he doesn't have reasons for why. He thinks we're stupid. It's funny. It's really funny. It's like it's like the other side of the post libertarians when they say something and we're like, Well, you're wrong for this, this, and this, and this, and we don't actually believe what you're saying, and so our criticism and blah blah blah, and their response is, is you're gay and your philosophy and you're gonna lose and capstone in your head. Right. They don't actually have any sort of like response that's especially because well, continue on your story i guess since i derailed it but okay but like he actually responded to, to a couple of the tweets i said um the attempt to steal man libertarianism with bob buying the island starts out false his initial setup is just false and makes a ton of assumptions so he replies of course it makes a bunch of assumptions it's a thought experiment I said, doing a thought experiment doesn't give you license to have assumptions that don't make sense or are just incorrect. And so Brock replies, aren't you starting with the assumption that human nature will be compatible with anarcho-capitalism? What's the basis for assuming that assumption is reliable outside of your own rational induction? I said, no, I'm not. I start with the action axiom. And Brock replies, 
which is fully normative, even though Rothbard argues otherwise. I said, are you suggesting that Rothbard's work runs in contradiction to Ludwig von Mises or that Rothbard disagrees with the action axiom? And he hasn't responded uh, since. But like that right there shows to, to like, oh, you just assume, and, and everybody does this that wants to criticize libertarianism. Oh, you just assume people are going to like fall into place in anarcho-capitalism. It's like, that's not how libertarianism has ever been described by anyone who's like smart it's based on praxeology which is based on the action axiom like like have like you're saying he hasn't read rothbard well he clearly hasn't read a lick of mises clearly he didn't even mention and then it's just i I just love i love the the big words to sound smart like Oh, your rational induction? And then, well, that's fully normative. It's just gobbledygook. It doesn't make sense. Even though Rothbard argues... Well, how does Rothbard argue that the action axiom is inductive? Meaning that, like, in- induction means that you take a situation or two, like a real-world example, and then you derive a principle from that. That's not how praxeology works. Praxeology works by deduction. It's you come up with a rational thing and it it's proven out by everything else. Like you you can't find a situation where it's proven false. Well, do people not act in their own rational self-interest? Didn't he say that they don't? He said that's why he disagrees with liberty. One of the reasons he disagrees with li- I think I have a note on that. Uh... Yeah, he just said people act against their own self-interest sometimes. They they do like bad things and and commit crime. Blah, 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 blah. And it's like you just totally don't understand what self like rational self-interest means. It's like it's 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 like the person who has never heard of praxeology before and they hear the action axiom and they go people use drugs. Yeah, well, they say, oh, well, what about the guy that cuts himself? That's not in his own self-interest. Or what about the crazy person? And it's like, those people are uh, using means to achieve a certain ends that they think is what's best for them. Like, just because someone's crazy doesn't mean this falls out of place. Just because uh, preferences or whatever. Right. It would be like... The guy that runs across the street without looking both ways. And you're sitting there being like, you shouldn't run across the street without looking both ways. It's because you have different perspective than he does. He's He might be an idiot. He might, should, if, he, if his goal is to not get hit by a car, maybe he shouldn't have done that. But in his head, it's like, I need to get across the street right now. And I don't care about the consequences. Otherwise, he's not acting, he's not out, acting outside of his own rational self-interest. Rational does not mean... That's the other thing, is people don't understand what rational in this context means. They think it means... Sound, like, like it means good decision or something? or Right. Yeah. Rational just means I have yeah, an end goal. that I want to achieve, yeah. and so I will use this... I believe that this will... This means... This given means... People aren't acting randomly. Right. Right. No one's going... If you have a goal... 
If someone has a goal that they want to achieve, they will not do something that gets them further away from the goal. Whether you agree with that goal or not, whether you or not you think that that goal is a good idea or not, it doesn't matter. Like, so, I don't understand his comments to or responses to my uh, my tweet there. That it just doesn't make any sort of sense. It's stupid. It's gobbledygook, um, and it just shows to me that he hasn't understood anything but he likes to use big words to make him sound smart but um but yeah like the other thing he said was that um he was like well the other thing that i disagree about with with, you know is disagreeing with austrian economics is like well there's there's no true true market equilibrium and it's like i don't think any libertarian ever claimed that there would be like a equilibrium in the marketplace that there's a certain time that just like all right now the market is set it's never set it's constantly changing right like and that's why in my notes it's like have you ever read human action have you ever read von Mises? clearly hasn't like or didn't understand it but he clearly and let's be honest uh human action is a huge book i never read the entire thing cover to cover um i haven't read the whole thing yet either but like but I've read parts of it, which is more than most people. And I did read all of um, um, Manicone and Manicone State. State. I did read that one. Yeah. But if you're going to criticize Austrian economics, you just cannot say that they believe that we will achieve some sort of state of market equilibrium. The, the whole utopian thing is, is also is, drives me crazy. That's like, again, the high school argument against libertarianism. I've never, ever... Now, maybe there's some libertarian philosopher out there who says that this is how we achieve utopia, but I've never even heard that argued, that it will be utopia if you follow these rules. That's why guys like Walter Block defending the undefendable. It's not like Walter Block says, no, libertarian, we don't have these problems. It's utopia. Right. It's never even entered the conversation. Like, I don't know where that comes from. If you just follow these rules, we achieve utopia. What are you talking about? Well, that's the other thing. That that quote I said in the beginning, I'll read it again. Quote, it's just impossible to me to believe there's a set of perfect rules that if you follow them, you will achieve this moral maxima and get closer to utopia. So that's not a criticism against libertarianism because libertarians don't say that they – like you said, we don't have a, a claim that we're going to achieve, you know, some sort of utopia, um, or that we'll ever get to this perfect state of, you know, society. But right, that's not an argument against libertarianism. He just made. He's making an argument against God, mm-hmm. because if you say like there is a perfect set of rules, mm-hmm. and there is a moral maxima, mm-hmm. and there is a utopia, the utopia is heaven. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And, uh, like, if just because we're as humans aren't able to uh, understand or come to these conclusions that, that get us these, you know, have a, have a perfect understanding of this rule set, doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. Uh, like, truth exists. And if you're, if you believe in God, then yes, there, there must certainly be a perfect rule set out there. 
And if you don't, then you deny the existence that God is the truth. So, like, I, I have no idea if Brock is a, you know, what he feels about religion or anything. Who knows? No but, idea. Like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if he's an atheist or if he's uh, a Christian or a Catholic. It doesn't matter what his religion is because it's, 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 it's the, if, He's making an argument against God when he's trying to make an argument against libertarianism. So make your argument against God if you want, I guess. But that's an argument against God. That's not an argument against libertarianism. It's like, you know, like trying to say, oh, I don't think football is the best sport out there. And you're like, okay, why is that? Well, because guys skating around on ice, you know, shooting a puck around with sticks, I don't think that's very entertaining. And you're like... Well, that's uh, okay, but that's an argument against hockey, right? So, ah, uh, uh, all right. We, I, I still have like so <laughs> the one point I wanted to say in where he's going, and we kind of talked a little bit about it beforehand. But it was funny when he brings up this absurd island where you're going to throw the kid off and. Peter McCormick says something like, uh, well, you know, these libertarians talk about um, all the wars and the surveillance and the COVID and that and goes on for just a bunch of things. And he's like, yeah, those are real world examples. Those are real. Those are real world problems. But, but I think we're making progress because if you poll Americans, most of them are against the Iraq war. Yeah. What'd that get us? It got us in... <laughs> like, wow. So, your problem with libertarianism is there could be an island somewhere where a kid gets thrown into the ocean. But hey, 20 years after the fact, people are against the war. So that's good. Yeah. So that's good, because, you know... Like, like, even if you took his absurd example, like, what kind of society do you want to live in? Where there's an island somewhere where a kid gets thrown into the ocean, or where we bomb a section of the globe where, like, millions of people are either dead or displaced, and their whole world's turned upside down, and they become, like, poor migrants because their whole town was bombed. Well, Slappy, that's, that's not the false, state I'm arguing for. Okay, but you're talking... I'm not arguing for that. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But, like, that's what the state does. But that's what it does and always the has argument... to. And, yeah, and it's going to. I also thought he was very... Um, um, I'm not going to bring it up because I can't remember exactly what he said, but he was very naive and, like... Um, uh, yeah, so Nixon goes to China and, uh, and we want to spread them... But then it turns out their governments happen to just be corrupt. <laughs> oh, okay. So you thought you thought the United States was just a charitable organization who was just trying to bring happiness around the world? Is that what you thought the U.S. government does? We just need to spread democracy. Now, I know they say that, but you think they're just doing it and spending all this money just for the sake of doing it and want to just give, them, give the people, the nice people, democracy and then let them run? Or you think the whole point is corruption and, <laughs> and running the empire? I think Scott Horton's uh, explanation of U.S. foreign policy is much better than Mike Brock's. Oh, you know, it was just misguided yeah. and they went with good intentions and they, then they happened to be corrupt. Well, it's it's just so funny to me that 
He's saying like well, we just need we just need to hold them accountable for well, stuff. Well, what's the problem? And then like <laughs> three seconds later, they're talking about how there's no good politicians out. And there. that was funny and too. They're, they're all uh, Peter Nicol, well, what's the problem then with democracy? Because there's no one worth voting for, and he names a bunch of British politicians. He's like, no one wants to vote for it. And we had these people, and this guy claimed he was a liberal, whatever, whatever. And there's just no one out there. And and Mike Brock, wow, this was intelligent. Um, Sounded like a sixteen-year-old activist. You know what? I'm the problem with democracy. You're the. We are. We are the problem. What we need to do is we have the ability to run. We need to do it. And I'm going to scream from the rooftops. Which that's a quote he actually said. Um, so all you know, that's the problem with democracy. It's not what we see. It's that we're just not doing enough. It's not the incentives in the system. It's it's uh, it's us. It's you and me that are the problem, man. We just need to do more. Get out of here. I can't take it. It's so childish that I can't handle it. Well, speaking of stupid childish stuff, it's where it's like, you know what broke the, 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 the straw that broke the camel's back for me with oh, not geez. wanting to be able to carry it? Yeah, here we go. Is that there was like racist. Well, what he it definitely did not racist. happen to, by the way. Right. And then if it actually did, it would be like, well, I don't like. You no, know. what happened was he read someone's Twitter comment, some troll's Twitter comment. Well, they were saying, like, yes, someone should be able to deny a black person service at their place of business. Yes. Yes, they should. Like, this is like libertarianism 101. You have the right. right. You can exclude who you want on your property, right? Right. Even if you're motivated by racism, even if you're motivated by whatever terrible, unsavory thing that we all think is terrible, as long as you're not violating anyone's property rights, you should be able to do that. But, like... He's talking about how we've had so much progress over the years with, like, doing good stuff for society. Do you think that racism would be largely tolerated today if someone put, if someone owned a store and they put black people not allowed in here? Do you think people will go like, oh, well, it's his property. We'll keep shopping there. Who would go shopping there? (laughs) No one. It's so stupid. And then he's he's like, oh, I can't be I can't be a libertarian because there's racists that are libertarians. Okay, so you're going to be a, a social democrat, but you don't think what happens if you find out there's a racist that's also a social democrat? Or, like that's what's so funny to me is it because this is a criticism that a lot of people make about libertarianism? Be like, well, there's 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 a bunch of libertarians that are that are racist. And it's like, oh, there's no statists that are racist too. But somehow, somehow, you know, the 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 rotten apple for your group doesn't spoil the whole bunch, but for the group that you want to deride and say is well, so terrible. Oh, no, but you can fix democracy. Because the one thing that might well I'll give Mike Brock credit, he said he does not like the majority being like a tyranny over the minority. And that's why we need <laughs> this is the part I think is funny. Uh, that's why we need democracy. <laughs> so the, and, and uh, let me correct myself in case someone wants to freak out i think i just called him a social democrat i don't know that he called he's, himself that no he's he's a liberal democrat a liberal I, democrat I, I and, and, and he did say in the classical sense so and he did he did say like no libertarianism gives us a lot of good stuff and and peter mccormick kept trying to press him like what is it missing and it was, he couldn't answer that. All he did was say, well, there was someone who was, who was a racist who said if, he, if we had anarcho-capitalism, he wouldn't let black people in the store. Meanwhile, this guy probably doesn't have a store or a job for that matter, but besides the point. 
um, that was the answer to why libertarian isn't good because there's a potential that someone might be racist. And then Peter McCormick's like, yeah, but what about the wars? Yeah, well, they're against them now. So, you know, if that guy in the neighborhood is racist, I mean, I would much rather have wars than have a, a guy who doesn't let someone in their shop. Right. You know. That's reasonable. <sighs> yeah. Well. I still have a bunch of notes, but. I don't know. We could beat this all night. Yeah, I'm done with it. Yeah. Just frustrating to listen to. Frustrating that I, it's not even like like I said, like what Peter McCormick is saying wasn't bothering me, and he's saying he's not a libertarian. He likes what they say, but he can't get on board. He thinks we need a government like that. Okay, fine. Who cares? I I don't know. Whatever. But just to have stupid arguments and pretend you're an authority and say things like Rothbard discovered natural natural law, or you know, I, I've. It's just like childish arguments yeah. and acting like you, uh, acting like he's some authority on it. He doesn't even, he had no clue what he was talking about on libertarianism. That's what bugs me. I don't, I don't mind when people disagree with me. What bothers me is when people get real indignant about their disagreements and then they just have no actual argument and everything they say is stupid. And say like, things I like, have a lot I more just realized the world is not simple. There's not simple answers. You know, I you know who I have a lot more respect for than a guy like Brock is someone that would be like, you know, we'll go into our, our religion thing because we talk about our Catholicism yeah. a lot. Someone like, well, I'm a Protestant. Why are you Protestant? Well, that's how my parents raised me. Okay. Yeah, I have more respect for that than someone who says, um, Mary Rothbard. Show me where the Catholic Church says that you should, you know, uh, they care about whether or not a married couple has kids. There's, it's nowhere. Yeah, I, I have a lot more respect for someone who's just like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm raised this way and this is what well, I believe than yeah. someone who yeah. decides that they want to make up based on total and utter ignorance what the uh, <laughs> the teachings of the Catholic Church. It's just, it's so stupid. It's annoying. Like and and for libertarianism, I have a lot more respect for someone. If you start talking about libertarianism, they're just like, man, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, I do. Uh, look, we have a government; it's not going anywhere. I don't care what you have to say. I have more respect for that. <laughs> right. So at least they're not like trying to act like they know. At least anything. they don't say. Like, the problem I don't with democracy is me and you. We just need to get out there and and run for office and. You know, we can be the change. Shut up. Shut you know, if up. we can get if we can get someone elected to the local <laughs> town council. Yeah. Oh man, he just got absolutely crushed. Yes, right. but, Never yeah. mind. And Oops. I don't even blame like here's the other thing. All right, we're not likely achieving uh any anarcho capitalist society in my lifetime. I mean, who knows? Things change quick. I'm not holding my breath. Um, so if you were like, yeah, no, I like these principles, but we do have the power of the state. Like, let's try to use it. All right. I mean, you're you're going against everything you're saying. Uh, and I have no reason to trust that you'll get in there and do anything. In fact, you'll probably be just as bad as the Republicans and the Democrats when they give you the ring. Right. But at least right. you're thinking. At least you're like, this isn't wrong. I just don't know. I just want it now. And I'm going to try. Like... All right, misguided, I would say, and ineffective, I would also say. But it, 
<laughs> at least you're not saying like, uh, well, I thought it was cool. And then I realized it's more, it's the world's complex and people want welfare. It's always the same thing. And, and then he keeps, yeah. And that's the, the, the whole thing, like with the morals and getting better and progressing is like progressing toward what, what are you talking? What is progress? Define this. Why are we progressing? How do you know we're not regressing? We are progressing towards uh, COVID tyranny. Yeah. Which is funny. They didn't bring that up. I don't think they really brought that much of that up. How it's just because they talked about, well, I feel free because I don't have to carry a weapon and I feel safe where I live. And it's like, okay, but like, do you feel free when the government says, like, you're not allowed outside and Funny thing too. You, know, you have to wear a face covering if you yeah because you know. mike brock even said like that's one way like you that's how you see freedom other people might see freedom as you know i can't have a gun so that's like restricting their freedom and having that gun is their freedom and so he's actually describing these different definitions but you still would then want the majority to have say over the minority or i like i didn't get where you're going there yeah, because they were talking about how it's equal in Britain. I mean, if they had a vote, people would even want guns. The people would yeah. say no guns. So, okay. So that just means screw the 1% that wants guns? Or, or it could be anything. It could it could be whatever. It could like, be anything. What it if it was, matter what look, the majority We seem thinks. to be really concerned about gay marriage. Well, what if 99% of people don't want it? Well, then. Oh. Right. No, I, I, he's talking out of both sides of his mouth because he, democracy he talks means about whatever how, I want. Democracy yeah. means I know what's best for everyone, and I I have my plan, and we're going to get it because democracy. Yep, democracy. Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah, it's all it's it's so stupid. Um, the other thing is that they is uh, this is the last point I want to make. Um, but they're complaining about like, oh well. You know, you have this, you know, libertarian society and your neighbor steals from you. He's a lot more powerful than you. You're like, what do you do? And like, oh, you take him to arbitration. It's like, well, what if he just pays for everything, you know, <laughs> buys out the arbitrator and blah, blah, blah. And they're like, yeah, you know, I this is why we need like a centralized rule of law and everything and blah, 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 blah. And Peter McCormick's saying that. And it's like, Peter McCormick, you're British and common law, which is decentralized you know, form of law came from Britain. Like the basis for what you're talking about of having like this, like set of rules that is like a uh, pretty good consensus for the all society to agree upon how we're going to, you know, live our lives was decentralized and it was developed in your country. Mm -hmm. So like holy ignorance back man, Batman, it's, it's just, it's funny. It's just so funny. But we're the ones that are, you know, whatever. It's so stupid. Mike Brock, stay in your lane. Yeah. I hope you do wonderful things at the block and bring a lot of good Bitcoin stuff to the world. But just quit talking about libertarianism until you get half a quote. <laughs> yeah. Because, yeah, from what I was listening to on the Bitcoin thing, he's talking about different layers. He's talking about Bitcoin. Like, all right, good. That's fine. Sure. Yeah. I hope he's really good at it and I hope he does well and I hope he brings those third layer solutions. That would be great. You know, I hope mm -hmm. we can use, I hope he's instrumental in, in bringing a Bitcoin standard to the world or, or whatever. But, uh, you know, the libertarianism, just don't bring that up anymore.
All right, do you have anything else, Slappy? Nah, I got nothing. I'm all out. All right. I hit. Well, yeah. That, yeah, go ahead. That's that's all I got too. So, show notes page for this episode will be mcflugel.com/slash three three six. I'll try to remember to throw a link to the uh, the Peter McCormick episode if you want to go listen to that to make sure that we're not making all this up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and uh, never forget who invented natural law. Yeah. Oh boy. All right. So that's all we got. Uh, thanks for listening. We will catch you next week. Have a merry Christmas. Yep. Peace.